0: From the land of conjurers flying through the internet to your device like a UAP, hauntingly unexplained and downright weird, this is The Witching Hours and we are ready to take off in the flash of an eye. Good evening to one and all, wherever or whenever you are listening to our program. I am China the Frost and joining me as always is the medium, Ginny Lee. How are you doing, Ginny? i think i'm doing all right I'm very doing excited okay. about
1: very excited <laughs> about our guests this evening
0: yeah we got a uh we got a, a a great show in store for you tonight we've been excited about it for a while so anticipation yeah. we're ready I know, I know you guys are going <laughs> to enjoy it too uh it's been a it's been a hectic week around here for us this week so we're uh we're managing to make our way through through uh uh-huh. thursday uh-huh. Off, uh-huh. off we go tomorrow's friday so uh yes it's gonna be uh it's, it's been busy but we're we're getting there a lot of stuff uh in the news this week lots of lots of weird high strangeness <laughs> a high strangeness i tell you i've been you know looking really? the news articles there's so much stuff to talk about and half of it i don't know if i want to get into because i don't know sometimes it just seems a little too dreary yes the, the news like- world is is dreary <laughs> we don't like <laughs> um, the dreary ones no but um Anyway, I guess we'll go ahead. And you ready for some weird news, Jenny? Yes, sir. Off we go. And welcome in everyone. Everyone who's uh, hanging out and chat with us, we appreciate you. Welcome in. Welcome in. Fantasy MLV, CMC, Airball's Journey of Self Discovery, Keisha Mama. Um, Love to have. um, Love to see all of you in here. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining us. All right. The first one tonight, first story, lucid dreaming breakthrough achieved as researchers report successful control of a virtual object while sleeping. Huh? Yeah. So the first two way control of a virtual object by study participants while lucid dreaming has been documented according to findings of a new research effort. Researchers with REM space, a California startup report that five participants in the recent study were successfully able to control a virtual cyber truck while lucid dreaming and even avoid <laughs> obstacles that appeared on yeah. the screen. Humans, sounds like fun. Mm.
1: Where do we get in on this study? Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. So the article goes into exactly how much time uh, we spend of our lives sleeping. Uh, the average time in our, mal- in our lifetime is about 227,000 hours. Or uh, about really? twenty six years or a third of our life is spent asleep. Um, wow. <laughs> so while the human body requires sleep for a variety of reasons, which include rest. That makes our...
1: me sad, but also very happy at the same time. <laughs> because I enjoy sleeping.
0: <laughs> many people lament the amount of time spent on sleep that could be applied towards other activities. Past research has shown that some people may be successful solving problems while they sleep, or at least That sleeping Mm -hmm. may help reactivate memories in ways that may help an individual glean new insights into issues they are facing or problems they need to solve. So the research at REM Space decided to take these past findings a little further and find out whether people could be connected to computers while sleeping and if they could successfully solve tasks from within the dream state. So, are uh, you okay?
1: But okay, but hold on a second, because now I'm scared of where this is going to go, especially in America. Now the jobs will just make you work while you're sleeping.
0: <laughs> it's, it's possible. <laughs> you
1: can do this coding while you're asleep. We know because we can attach you to the computer. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, REM space utilizes special equipment based on electromyograph sensors, which detect a person's movements and relay the information back to the computer. Uh, and basically creates a virtual avatar during the study. A cyber truck was used for which hand movements by the participants caused the vehicle to turn, and light per- uh, perceived through the eyelids indicated the presence of obstacles. Hmm. Five participants who had experience with lucid dreaming were successful in the conscious control of the virtual Tesla. At the same time, their brains indicated they were in REM sleep, confirmed through polysomnographic monitoring. Neat. So I had
1: a lucid dream the other night where mm -hmm. I was substituting for an absolutely terrible kindergarten class. And I said, this is a dream. I don't have to do this. You don't have to do this. No,
0: I don't have to take this anymore. Um, I
1: don't have to take this. Yeah, exactly. The research studies
0: participants displayed the ability to control an object on the screen for periods uh, from just a few seconds to all the way up to several minutes. Hmm. That's kind of neat. Pretty interesting yeah yeah um yeah those are the worst having the dreams that you're working i think are the worst dreams i've had
1: <laughs> yes <laughs> where you wake up and you feel like you never left work because you were dreaming about you work dreaming
0: night. about it all night yeah i don't know yeah. anybody mm-hmm. in chat ever had that happen to them before used to, it doesn't happen to me a lot now but in my younger years it used to happen quite a bit yeah Story number two, NASA urges U.S. public to see April, uh, April 8th's total solar eclipse and drops a, uh, kind of, uh, drops a trailer about it. Um, you, if you haven't seen a total eclipse, you haven't seen anything, so ends NASA's new trailer for what is arguable, arguably the celestial highlight, not only of 2024, but of the entire decade.
1: I forgot that. I keep forgetting that that's happening. Mm-hmm. I need yeah. to like mark it in a calendar or something. Yeah.
0: And possibly many Americans' lifetimes. NASA is correct. It's the side of your life and it's not going to return to North America until 2033 in Alaska and 2044 in Montana and the Dakotas. Well, Monday, April 8th, a path of totality, the moon's shadow, will travel from Mexico's Pacific coast to Newfoundland and Canada via parts of 15 U.S. states, while only those inside 150 mile, 115 mile. Wide path will see the eclipse and experience totality. Darkness in the day and falling temperatures. uh, Everyone else in North America will see a partial solar eclipse of varying degrees. Uh, NASA also put out a safety reminder telling uh, observers that except during the brief total phase of the total solar eclipse, when the moon completely blocks the sun's bright face, it is not safe to look directly at the sun without specialized eye protection or solar viewing. So we Mm -hmm. might have to do something. I don't know. Maybe we could, I don't know, we'll have to see what time frame that works out for us where we're yeah. at and see if we can maybe have like a group chat or something where people are yeah. seeing it. It's uh, pretty exciting. Yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be cool. And we weren't in the path of the last one. Um, oh, I, I did not to see in one the path of this one. I think uh, in 2018, I think we'll see, though. I think we'll see some kind of partial one here. Yeah. Uh, we'll see. Uh, I know Indiana is going to have total eclipse. So cool. I could always go visit family or something. (laughs) (laughs) And the last story for tonight, story number three: Doctors remove 150 live bugs from Florida man's nose.
1: Why is it always Florida?
0: Uh, Florida man is breathing easier now (laughs) that 150 bugs have been removed from his nose.
1: What kind of bugs are they? Yeah,
0: the unidentified, well, the unidentified patient went to a hospital earlier this month after noticing that his whole face felt like it was on fire. Oh, Although Lord. the man first uh, started experiencing symptoms in October, it wasn't until recently that they became serious. Mm. Over a couple of hours, my face started swelling. My lips swelled. I could hardly talk. The patient told First Coast News. I couldn't even get up to go to the bathroom without my nose starting to bleed. The man visited uh, Florida Memorial Hospital in Jacksonville and consulted with a doctor, a ear, nose, and throat specialist. Uh, Carlson was shocked when he looked inside the man's nose for the camera. He saw dozens and dozens of buds, bugs feeding on the nose and sinus cavity, some as big as the end of a pinky finger. I knew he was in big trouble. There was erosion that was occurring near the skull base in very close proximity Holy to his molly. eyes and his brain, Carlson said. <laughs> At first, the physician tried using suction to remove the insects, which were in the larval stage, but they were too large, so he had to extract them one by one from the man's nose. Holy, that guy needs a medal. They were right up against the skull base right <laughs> under the brain, and if they had gone through, it could have killed him said the doctor wow the bugs have since been sent to an uh, epidemiologist to determine their species the patient is expected to make a full recovery it remains a mystery how the larvae got inside the man's nose <sighs> told first coast news that the problem might have stemmed from his bad hygiene habits when handling dead fish
2: oh god
0: <laughs> before i would rinse my hands in the river now I'm using uh, I'll use cleaner water to do a better job and not touch my nose next
1: time. Soap, soap people, soap.
0: <laughs>
1: Goodness gracious. I didn't even know what kind of bugs they were. That's the scariest part, I think.
0: Yeah. It made my face hurt just thinking about it. Yeah, that was that was pretty that was I saw that one a few times today, so I figured, well, I might as well put it in.
1: <laughs> Thanks for that. You get well, let's us all nightmares.
0: Let's go from (laughs) small little things to talking about some bigger things. Um, Ron Moorhead has been known for decades for his worldwide research in the Bigfoot Sasquatch phenomenon. He is an author, researcher, lecturer, experiencer, and producer, uh, producer of the Sierra Sounds. To date, he comes closer than any other researcher to having a complete body of evidence. The Sierra Sounds are the only Bigfoot recordings that have been scientifically studied, time-tested, and accredited as genuine. Ron has documented his personal interactions with these giant beings and produced his story on a CD and also in a book, Voices in the Wilderness. In order to try to understand the enigmas associated with these giants, he began to delve into quantum physics for the scientific answers that he and his hunting friends experienced. And as a result, he wrote another thought-provoking book, The Quantum Bigfoot. Ron now resides with his partner at Cary, North Carolina, but has traveled from Alaska to Patagonia and from North America to Siberia in search of the truth to know how these beings are able to stay hidden from classical science. Besides being the keynote speaker at many conventions, he has been featured on countless radio programs and TV documentaries such as The Learning Channel and The Travel Channel. Please welcome to the show tonight, everyone, uh, Ron Moorhead. Welcome to the show, Ron.
3: Well, thank you very much, Jeremy. It's a pleasure to be with you guys. I appreciate so you inviting me on. <laughs> yeah,
1: we, I don't uh, know how uh, everybody else feels, but I love some bigfoot. So we, I'm so, so excited.
0: Today. Oh no, it's <laughs> giving me
3: it's giving me another reason tonight not giving me another reason tonight
0: not to smell fish. <laughs> yeah. yeah, keep it away from the nose. Evidently, yeah.
1: Oh goodness gracious! Yikes.
0: Well, Ron, I was telling you before we started the show tonight, I was talking to you a little bit, and I, I told you that I was uh, familiar with w- with your story, um, at least to a certain extent. I think there's a lot uh, to get into that I, that I don't know about tonight, uh, but I wanted to see if we could kind of maybe start from the beginning uh, so those listening can kind of uh, understand where your story starts with uh, Sasquatch and Bigfoot.
3: Okay. Once upon a time, <laughs> <laughs> uh, here it goes. Uh, there was some friends of mine that uh, frequented a hunting camp in the Sierra Nevada mountains of California. This is during uh, the early '70s, and uh, two of the brothers who who started the, started the camp in 1958. They've been going up there every year hunting. Eight miles in the wilderness, and it's about 8,400 feet elevation. So uh, the two brothers went up earlier that year, Johnson brothers, and they came out and uh, had a story about some kind of monster up there. And uh, so the other guys wanted to know what it was all about, so they went up together. There was uh, five of them all together at the time now. well, one of them got scared off when he heard it the first night. He heard these things mouthing off, and he saw their footprint, and he just, he had to get out of there. So the next morning he shot out, and uh, wouldn't go back. The wives were worried because the guys hadn't came out when they were supposed to, and uh, they wanted him to go back and check on them. At that time, nobody knew what they were dealing with. Nobody was looking for Bigfoot up there. It just happened to happen. And uh, he wouldn't go back without me going with him, or somebody going with him, and it was me because I was their friend, so and I was in, I thought I was in pretty good shape
2: anyway. <laughs> mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> it's a uh, quite a trip to get in there. So we got in there. The guys are okay. So anyway, um, I got to see them at track, and uh, and I uh, started. They had taken tape recorders. cassette tape recorders back up there with them, and they had recorded some of the sounds these creatures had made the night before. I heard those. So I got me involved with the camp, and uh, the one guy he never would go back and uh, spend the night. So I uh, I started going up as often as I can uh, when I can find someone to go with me. So I became part of the group, and I started hunting with them and doing what they did up there. And it was uh, quite exciting. These things start coming around the camp at night and making their, uh, their rowdy sounds, and they just, uh, well, doing what they do. All kinds of strange things too. And so, it wasn't until 1972 when uh, Warren Johnson, the leader of our group, he he wrote a letter to Ivan Sanderson, a cryptozoologist, and. Twenty-three page letter, and uh, Ivan Sanderson, uh, thinking it was probably somebody just pulled his leg, went ahead and sent it to a man named Peter Byrne on, in Oregon at the research center there. And Peter thinking the same thing, oh, nothing doesn't happen. If you get hit, if you see one of these things more than once in your life, that means you've been hit by lightning twice, something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So anyway. Uh, he went ahead and sent it down to Alan Berry, who was an investigative reporter working for a newspaper in Redding, California, and asked if he wanted to go out and check these guys out and see if there anything to it. He's welcome to do it. So Alan set up a time. He came down and interviewed us all, talked to us all, heard the sounds, and, and got convinced that maybe there's something going on, but it's probably just a hoax. So he, I didn't know they was all thinking hoax, those guys, yeah. until until I saw the uh, correspondence a few years later in Alan's records. Uh, so Al went in and he started experiencing the same thing but he was actually looking for who could be pulling this off uh, looking for all kinds of signs it's hard to imagine somebody like that uh, eight eight miles in the wilderness like it is very rugged area and uh, uh, it just uh, he couldn't figure it out nobody was hoaxing so he, he got kind of caught up in it he started recording them too and he ended up fostering the studies. Uh, by the way, he had a master's degree in science. how did. He was a mm-hmm. Vietnam veteran, a veteran also, an officer in Vietnam. And uh, so his master's degree in science told him that he had got to get some scientific uh, um, cooperation here. Yeah. See, if it's, see if it's right or not. You know? It could have been fooled. So he, he went several academia trying to find someone who would uh, do a study on the sounds, the tapes that he had. And and uh, he finally found a professor, Curlin, an electrical engineer, he's a professor of electrical engineering at the University of Wyoming, who took him seriously and said, Yeah, I'll help you. I'll look at it. Bias or whatever, an unbiased opinion. He just wanted to know if it's good or bad. If there's anything wrong with them, I want to know. If they're okay, I want to know. And so Dr. Curlin studied them for a year and he, he said, You it know, represents. It represents at least this one section of it representing an animal compared to the human eight foot tall. So uh, uh, he said that was also the sounds they're making outside the human range and inside the human range. Mm. And he showed that in a graph in a book that he wrote. This, he wrote a paper, and that, that papers in a book called Man-Like Monsters on Trial. And that was published by UCB Press, 1980. Dr. Curling gave his report, I believe it was 1978, uh, in, in Anthropology Unknown at the British Columbia uh, uh, College up there, university. So anyway, that's how it got started. If you want me to keep going, I'll just keep rattling on.
1: So how <laughs> long were you guys going to this camp? Like, what was the time? When did you guys stop going? How long was it?
3: Well, I started going, Don Brothers started going in 1958. Mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't go till nineteen seventy one. That's when uh, Donald took me in. And then I started experiencing this stuff and and uh, for years. I mean until seventy six, that's when the close up vocalizations kind of stopped. It was okay. inside a inside a shelter. And the shelter's like a beaver's nest and uh, it's kind of like a group of trees that grew in a circle and and the deadfall leaning up against these cables that we wrapped around the tree, or they wrapped around the trees and same thing over the top, cables, and then put deadfall on that, plastic on that, so that you get out of the weather. And mm-hmm. the, the, the door is just two trees uh, tricked out on an angle, and a log set between a 1000 our doorway. Mm-hmm. So it that looked like cool. a big, big beaver's nest, is what it looked like. And we could all get in there and get out of the weather or whatever. But we'd go that's in true. there at night, and that's when these things would usually come around and start...
1: So the brothers had been going since 1958, but did they was the first time they experienced something like that in 1971 or 70?
3: That's the first time they, they knew it was because they went outside mm-hmm. after all the ruckus was over that one night and saw this huge track. Yeah. They realized you know, this, the sounds mm-hmm. were not a bear. They knew that, so they kept the door closed in the shelter. And, and the track certainly didn't represent any kind of animal they knew, but it had a huge 19-inch track. And uh, wow. they thought, uh, you know, there's something about this some kind of monster up here. Yeah. But then they, they after got back and kind of related to the Bigfoot, you know, so we thought mm-hmm. it probably just a Bigfoot. Yeah. But there's a family of them up there. And uh, so that got us involved in research, got me involved in, right, in the research for mm-hmm. Bigfoot. And I'd go up there as often as I could and, uh, for years. And last time I was up there was in 2018. I was up there with uh, David Pilates. I used to go up there every year at least a time or two, and uh, sometimes three or four, four, sometimes half a dozen, as many times as I could. Yeah. And uh, uh, David Pilides, I uh, mentioned before, one the uh, hunted uh, filmed, uh, filmed me up there for uh, one of his uh, documentaries that he does. And uh, that was a uh, interesting trip. I mean, nothing happened, but uh, he had a videographer mm-hmm. up there, and we spent eight days up there, whole week. Wow! Packed, had mules pack us in, and, and uh, they, that's when the whole forest of California, everything was on fire. About oh that yeah, time. goodness, yeah. We weren't real sure we was going to get out, and after the mule train he was going to be able to come back and pick us up. Wow! So five five mules, I think, took everything in and out. Mhm. And so anyway, uh, uh, that was the last time I was there. Actually, I flew over in a little plane, and. Uh, I saw that a lot of the area right around where our camp is didn't look like it had been burned. And what That's happened? It, it underburned. You know where the trees didn't mm-hmm. get consumed,
2: mm-hmm.
3: like, like a lot of the other forest did. So it's still there. The camp is still there. It's just not like it was because they had all yeah. everything out in 2015. We had to take uh, the cables down, the trees down, everything down. There was uh, everything the Johnson brothers had hauled in there over the years. And it took, I think, nine mule loads to get uh, everything out of there.
1: Wow. Yeah, they've been collecting stuff since
3: 1958. (laughs) Well, they was ready for the apocalypse. Oh, yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So I guess now would be a good time to listen to one of the recordings, I would think. Don't you think, Frosty?
0: Yeah, yeah, we can do that. Um, Okay. Which one are you going to play first? I think the first one, uh, I'll do the first one, which is the uh, Apollo question. Do you want to set oh, that, that up would, for us? That,
3: that'd be a better second one if you. Okay. That, that happened here okay. a few years later.
0: Okay. So I have the uh, the attention display. We want to play that one first.
3: Yeah, that's the uh, that's aggressive sound. So.
0: Okay. Do you want to set yeah. that up for anyone, or do we just I want think, to play it?
3: Well, I think Alan Berry uh, recorded that in 1972, and uh, it's it's uh, just aggressive. You don't know what they're doing out there. You don't know if they're fixing to bust in at you or. <laughs> Again, it's a hunting camp, so we all had high powered guns with us. We wouldn't be up there without that, and that didn't seem to deter them any. But they didn't bust in after us, and we didn't shoot at them when planning on it unless they came in after us. So go ahead and play that one, and, and you'll see her kind of sounds what we're hearing in '72.
0: All right, here we go, guys. So here is uh, here's some uh, audio we have uh, that uh, was recorded up there. <laughs>
4: والله ما في روم انت يا ابو نورك يا ابو نورك
0: all right there we go i mean that is that is an odd sound um it's an odd sound love, it's odd sounds it. um <laughs> and me and you Ginny, have to like oh uh, yeah yes. we were up front about this earlier we have heard these before and we've heard you discuss them ron so we are we're, it's not fresh for us so it if you have ideas guys in chat of what that sounds like to you feel free to uh, feel free to put that in there. Uh, uh, You know, kind of your first takes on it. Um, I will say that we've talked about it quite a bit, Jenny, and it really does sound Mm -hmm. like uh, like communication and argument and you can hear different Mm -hmm. to me, what sounds like different voices. You pretty much agree with that, right? Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. I mean, to me, it sounded like two different voices and one's pissed and one is like,
0: Don't be mad at me. Yeah. uh, It's like, mm-mm ooh,
3: ooh. Well, just to share something, let me share something with you there. Uh, We had a a very special person who was only one of 10 people qualified in the state of California as a court interpreter, Mm -hmm. the perfect Mm -hmm. hearing. And she listened to him, and she said, that's a male and a female arguing. Mm -hmm. just let you know the, the female one.
1: Yeah, absolutely. She was giving him before.
3: At the time you're at the time you're hearing that, you don't know if they're arguing mm-hmm. over over what. You don't know what yeah. they're arguing over. If they're arguing over coming in and get you, or for looking for the salt and pepper. You know, you don't know. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> I might have heard that myself a couple of times, Ron. When I was asked yeah. to take the trash out or something, I'm not. I was getting ready to oh, say, sure, Yeah, he forgot to
1: take. He forgot to take the trash out that night. Um, I don't, To well, me, it, it sounds like language.
3: Yeah, it is language. There's
1: so many different, you know,
3: well, ups and downs.
1: And yeah, it's, it, there's no way that that's just animal noise. Well, uh,
3: well, it was language. And that's been yeah. established now by a cryptolinguist uh, from the Navy, uh, Scott Nelson, who retired from the Navy as a cryptolinguist. His job was to listen to different sounds coming through their brain. Through their Air to see if it's a code or a language or what. And if it was a language, he had to find out. Uh, he had to transcribe it and uh, and also find out any deception in it. And that's what he was trained to do. He came out and seen us in 2008, uh, and he heard him by accident. He he um, he drove all the way out from Missouri, where he he already retired retired from the Navy. Uh, he was teaching foreign languages there at the college and. He uh, came out to interview myself and Alan Berry and got the context behind the sounds. Asked if he could study them too. So he came back later and said, "This is the language by the human definition of language, which is I had no idea just how important it was. We knew they were talking to each other, but we didn't know how important it was.
2: Yeah, uh,
3: yeah language is uh, it's very special. It takes a morphine stream of words through the hollow bone here, the nerve system into the brain by the tongue." And that gives us the ability to talk in sapient sentences like I'm talking now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, no animal, according to Dr. Philip Lieberman, Brown University, no other primate on the face of this planet except humans are supposed to be able to do that. So to me, that's what this, my last book is. Just, I'm writing about how I think I think I got the confirmation that these things have a human component. At least what we dealt with up there at the Sierra Camp. I don't think they're all the same all over the world. They're just not all yeah. the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of them have, like the Patterson uh, uh, film, which most everybody's familiar with. that's into the subject matter. Uh, I got one of, the, one of the tracks that Bob gave me, Bob Gimlin, and and it doesn't look like ours. It, it's it's mm-hmm. more human. It's more human-like. Where ours is more splayed with five toes straight across. Hard to tell a right foot from a left foot. Uh, well, you can tell, but it's very little arch in them. And uh, where the patterson and had have a nice heart, should look more human like, and had everything like. So I, I kind of suspect from much research, and I've been doing this now for 50 years, that according to the native lore and a lot of uh, ancient texts that I've listened to or read, and uh, they have crossbred, some of these things have crossbred with indigenous people. Mm. And that makes them, some of them, more human like. And, uh, also, mm. maybe some, some of their original attributes have regressed now a little bit because they mess with us.
0: <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, but, that's yeah, interesting. That that's interesting so, to think about. That wouldn't be so <laughs> far-fetched of an, uh, of an idea because we know yeah. that, we know that Neanderthal, uh, and human mm-hmm. and homo sapien sapien, uh, uh, bred and we, know you know, uh, so right. we, we know there's, you know, for primates, uh, or homo sapiens that has been a thing so depending on what bigfoot or sasquatch is there's a possibility that yeah i mean that could be possible i mean it very much could be possible. well i
3: don't think it's it's very likely it's, it's mm. more than it's more than possible it's probably yeah. well if anything's possible but this yeah. Is, yeah they would most people say well they don't have the right we only have 23 pair chromosomes you know humans mm-hmm. Homo sapiens where other primates have 24. and uh, these things would have to have 23 pair which that kind of takes it out of academia as well. It can't be then because only humans have 23 pyrochromes do you know? Okay. And uh, so that, that also uh, so it tells me that they have to have a human component in order to crossbreed with us.
1: Yeah, that's true.
3: Mm-hmm. And they, the ones I dealt with up there or we dealt with up there have do have language so but the, the Dr. Lieberman's report that really made a big deal for me because he he says nothing has that except humans so yeah yeah. There, there you are. The dots are put together for another little piece of the picture.
0: <laughs> All right. I love it. So we have we have a question from uh, CMC Airboss, and I have a comment mm-hmm. coming from Princess Boo Boo too. But what I want to do first, before I ask that question, is to play this one more time before we put it away for the evening. Okay. So if you missed it, if you if you're just getting in, uh, uh, welcome in. Uh, we're talking a uh, we're talking with Ron Moorhead, uh, and we are discussing. Uh, well, his experiences and his writing and his research and all that about uh, Bigfoot and Sasquatch. And here we're playing the first, uh, one of the first audio recordings uh, we're going to play this evening. So get that cued back up again. And here we go. Let us know what you think. <laughs>
4: <laughs> All right, uh,
0: so there we go. Uh, if you missed it the first time around, uh, I just there, love it, it so is. much. It's uh. like he's
1: clearly he's clearly apologizing, and and like I just love how I just love how pissed off she is, you know.
0: Like.
3: Yeah. <laughs> so well, they, they, they say you can either be right or you can be happy when
1: you're. <laughs> apparently they must be more human than we think because yeah. that is yeah that's the way we are <laughs> um
0: so cmc Airbus asks can those sounds be put into modern ai programs to decipher the message has that been anything that anyone's brought up to you or that you've uh, well, yes
3: now? yes yes it has been brought up to me and that should be done but it hasn't been done it has that, well, I, that i that i know of i've got the originals uh, still on hard drive so if awesome. Anybody got a hook into that or some way to yeah. get a good AI program? I'm sure AI will uh, will be yeah. able to do something with them one of these days, if not now. But uh, no one's, it's hard to get academia or anybody outside of this yeah. circle we're in to take this subject matter seriously. Very true. Uh, however, uh, the government, I think, knows about these things just like they knew about UFOs years ago and didn't tell us. Mm-hmm. They, only, they only tell us what they think we can handle. You know, they don't want to. And plus, if they can't control something, Mm -hmm. they'll either hide it or make fun of it. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. they've so far made fun of this up until recently. Too many people are coming out of the woodwork saying, hey, these are real. We've seen them. And I mean, I've talked to people all over the world now that see these things. And they're not just here in North America, they're everywhere. Mm -hmm. And what are they doing? And why are they here? And why can't we find a body? You know, how can we find remains? Because they're not like an animal out there in the woods. There's more to them, a lot more to them. That's what I get to in my new book. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Well, you know, I I agree with you on that, Ron, because I feel like anyone who uh, is an investigator into these paranormal topics, um, uh, whether it's ghosts or whether it's UFOs or whether it's uh, Bigfoot or, you know, any other kind of cryptid, uh, they become an easy target. Uh, for ridicule, and it's easy to make fun of, and it's easy to uh, disregard until you've seen one of those things. And then it becomes so, real.
3: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's right. And I know these academia and these these professionals that I speak with at these conferences, and they, they can't get their head around these things mm-hmm. being what, what I suggest they are. And, uh, they have a lot more abilities than most people want to give them credit for. And I experienced those things. And uh, Al Berry, like I say, had a master's degree in science. Said, "Don't talk about this strange stuff, because you you get laughed out of. It. <laughs> They're put in, the, put in the funny farm, you know." So, but for a long time we didn't. And uh, I do now, and I have now for the last few years because a lot of people have come forth and said, "You know, how'd they disappear? I saw one. I know it just disappeared. Hey, I followed this trackway, and all of a sudden it just stopped." Oh, and then you get all these other things going on and people can't understand it because we're trained in newtonian physics
2: mm-hmm. and
3: yet the uh, the modern science is what we got to get our head around and that's hard to do for some people it's hard to realize that and i, I put the science behind it because al said stay with science whatever well, we you do stay with science yeah. so okay i'm staying with science but it's modern science it's not the uh, newtonian physics is based on everything being measurable and, predictable and, mm-hmm. and uh, physical and uh, it's it's not that way uh i mean that it's yeah everything's that way in our three-dimensional environment mm-hmm. yes but you get out of that there's so many more dimensions out there that we don't see in fact you only see within certain frequency everything uh-huh. tesla's science is energy frequency and vibration right mm-hmm. yes well, sir okay if, if you, <laughs> oh i love this stuff <laughs> you get it, it was, when you get, well, I think I got the answers to a lot of these woo-woo questions that people come up with because yeah. uh, people call it paranormal, they call it this, they call it that, and they used to call me that, and I, I don't care. But it's, it's not that; it's quantum physics at work. Mm-hmm. Quantum physics works from uh, all the way from the uh, cell, uh, atom, all the way through the cosmos, according to uh, Professor uh, Christopher Brewer, West Texas A&M. So it's out there, it's just, we only see within light's frequency, like I say, and that's 420 to 770 terahertz, that's the frequency of light. And once you get out of that frequency, you don't see, you don't see with these eyes, got, unless you mm-hmm. see energy, energy. Mm-hmm. Energy is different, but you're not supposed to be able to see energy. Now, <laughs> let me carry this one step further. Can energy and matter exchange, can they separate? Because that, that to me, solves the issue of these things, people saying they pixelated, they just see them go out. And uh, it's like people seeing ghosts or something. But you see, according to (laughs) Einstein, these physicists from 100 years ago said matter and energy are interchangeable. Well, Dr. Paul Dirac uh, got the uh, Nobel Prize for antimatter in 1933. Antimatter is a direct exchange between energy and matter. And that was established physically by CERN in 2012 at the Hydron Collider when a particle changed into energy. And they didn't see the energy, but they sensed the energy. Mm -hmm. So energy and matter are interchangeable, and matter and energy are interchangeable. So if these things, through the advanced, and I mean really advanced vocal mechanism, which they go way above, I don't know how far they go because we weren't recording with anything that's up cassettes in those days, I do believe they can go way below us into infrasound because I've been stung by that, and we all, have, a lot of people have, where just you're affected by something you don't know what it is, mm. and it's not it's not your fear; it's like a force field or something. And uh, I've had that happen to me a couple times at our camp up there. But if they can reach the frequencies that's outside, way outside the human range, which they can, I know that. But how high can they go? We don't know. I know this that sound at the forty octave will turn into light, and there's been reports of these things turning into light. Well, how do you explain? Well, now it's explained. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, so you're saying uh, that
1: you're saying that you think that they can use their vocal their vocalizations and to be certain frequencies to where they i'm,
3: sugge- I'm yeah. suggesting that i don't know that yeah. mm-hmm. obviously we don't know but I, I know they have if they can if they can make the frequency because yeah. einstein said if you find the frequency of anything you can change its matter so if they have the ability to reach way up there higher than what we're detecting uh, to change their matter into in, in, in their matter into energy they would they go out of your perception Wow. that's my that's that's my theory <laughs> however yeah. it's based on on some science of facts and facts are yes. Yes. Uh, matter and energy are interchangeable that would also mm-hmm. answer why their trackways stop and i've had that happen to me mm-hmm. once up there my daughter my daughter actually had a sighting and we followed the found the trackway really deep we couldn't even make impression a impression bipedal trackway and all of a sudden it just stopped well yeah
1: where'd it go mm-hmm. <laughs> what do you what do you do with
3: that so yeah that really made me dig my dig my heels in i got to find out the scientific answer though how, how does that happen how could that mm-hmm. possibly happen it's just more going on than what we know what we think we know and yeah. you just have to open your open your mind up instead of being in this conditioned box that we've all been put in
2: mm-hmm. and we've Absolutely.
3: all been conditioned from the time of birth we've been conditioned mm-hmm. and if you If you expand out of that and realize how much more is going on, you know we only smell within. Well, a dog, a dog can smell seven times better than we can, right? Mm -hmm. We don't have very good olfactory sense at all. A bear can smell twenty times better than we can. Oh wow! Okay, a cat. Some animals can see other frequencies that we don't see, like a cat. Mm -hmm. I had a lady, a lady, a very special person who who I know well. She's a teacher, and she was out in the woods with her cat, and her cat was walking along. She just and things while she's walking out there. And her cat stopped and went like that and there was nothing, she couldn't see a thing. But she she all of a sudden she did see a pixelization over the side and, and it was just floating along. And she pitched she got a picture of this. Not a picture, but a movie picture of this.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And I tell you what, it's it happens. And I know people very well, some people very well that have claimed they've seen this pixelization thing. And if anyone's seen that missing 401, The Hunted, that, that David Polites did with me, the segment right after that shows a very credible lady who was tree hunting, and she was waiting for, for her game to come along, and she's she seen this pixelization, pixelization moving from one tree to another. And uh, at the same time, there's a UFO being witnessed by a bunch of people down in the ground.
1: Yes, <laughs> so, yes. Okay, uh, so, uh, uh, okay, yeah. there's I was like, getting there, we're getting into up. like, yeah, we're getting into like a whole bunch <laughs> of different topics. We can go down some rabbit holes, but first, the pixelization. So you're saying they're seeing it with their eyes, like some kind of like fuzzy mass yeah. moving around? Yeah. yeah. Wow. And, but it's also being captured on camera as well.
3: Well, it did that one time. From this oh, one for that person. one lady. Wow. Well, yeah. oh, no, actually, there's another lady did the same thing. Yeah. Her name, her name is Barbara Sue. She's in Oregon. Uh, she's mm-hmm. in Washington. And she's got that on film. And uh, that's interesting because I think they go through that fourth dimension of time. And they mm-hmm. probably get into the fifth or sixth dimension. And that's where they're at for a lot of times. And things don't age like they do in our three-dimensional environment. We live in a very... Uh, restricted world but we're here for a very very important reason now you want to know what that is <laughs>
1: <laughs>
3: all right I like this
1: Well, we are what are we speci- here for Ron? Yeah.
3: We're well, we special we're here for experiences
1: mm-hmm.
3: and responding to experiences is what it's all about Yeah. and if you learn how to respond to experiences with the right attitude love and compassion and not be a victim of something or get angry at somebody or want to or fear. Yeah, fear is yeah. your enemy.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, that's how you affect your own vibrational frequency, because you have a frequency yourself. Yeah. And the whole idea of this whole earthly experience of embodiments here that we have is to experience things and to graduate so that we can be what we were intended to be, which... I can go way into the Anunnaki now. Here me too. Oh, goodness.
1: Uh, well, we haven't even got to the UFO part, Ron. Hold on a second.
2: Well,
3: <laughs> okay. I'll slow down.
0: Okay? Well, I'll
3: a, slow down. There's,
0: I, there's know, there's a I know. I know the Frosty wants already. to ask
1: about the UFO well, thing. There's already a yeah.
0: ton. I mean, so much that we've touched on, because, you know, we were still talking a little bit ago about uh, acad- you know academics and, you know, why the academics wouldn't pick up and are hesitant to research on this. And I've had a little bit of insight into that. One is that I don't think academics themselves are hesitant to research it. I, ha- I think it's just the fact that academics are hesitant to put their name to it. You well, know, there has to, because I had, um, uh, well, I, I knew, a I knew a professor who, uh, who had gone out of town to do a, a seminar and to give lectures and all that stuff. And he, he said he really dreaded these things because it was just all the same people from all the different universities, all the same other professors he knew all the time. And they would get together at the bar and they would talk about the same things that they were always talking about. And he said, it was like the, he hated going to them. So he said he sat down at the bar one night and he was talking, he said hi to all the people that he's seen at all these same seminars for years. And he sat down at the bar and he started talking to the guy next to him. And he thought he was another person on this, on this little lecture thing they were doing. And he said, "So, uh, what do you do?" And the guy said, "I'm in town for, uh, for for uh, for a, a, a bigfoot hunter thing. I, I, that's what I do. I hunt bigfoot." Yeah. yeah. And he said he sat there and talked to the, him the whole night. He said, "I've never had a more fascinating conversation. Okay. I sat there we had <laughs> drinks all night, and it was the best conversation I ever had." And he's like, I, for, I decided that I wanted to get out of what I was doing and start doing what he was doing. <laughs> and, I, and that came from one of the professors I had actually at a university. So uh, there's interest in there, it's just the fact of putting their name to it. But what I wanted what I wanted to talk about uh, and I wasn't sure if we would get there tonight, <clears throat> I was hoping we would there has been so many times that I've heard of a Bigfoot sighting uh, coexisting or coinciding with a ufo sighting how, how how often have you heard of this happening and what do you make of that
3: well quite regularly actually uh can you hear me yes yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah actually uh i saw a ufo up there when this stuff was going on and uh i don't know what do you do with that what do you do with any of this stuff <laughs> yeah you know? yeah, exa- yeah. <laughs>
0: exactly yeah i know right
3: uh, but, yeah, uh, 1888, uh, Huffington Post came out with this in 2012, an uh, article. The first reported Bigfoot sighting and UFO was in 1888 in the Eureka Humboldt Times, I think it was. That's when a rancher and a bunch of uh, Native Americans at one time w- re- witnessed this uh, small moon coming out and three crazy bears jumping out of it. Well, what was that, the UFO and three Bigfoot smears? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, there's a, there's a lot of reports of these things being connected with UFOs, and uh, I I believe that because I believe that aliens have been here for eons and eons, way before Homo sapiens were here, and they've messed with the genome of different species on this planet. They mess with the, They've tried to do all that stuff, but they've done it. And uh, what's it for it depends on their agenda. There's different different types of aliens have been on this planet. And uh a lot of people know what kind they are. I don't know what kind I've never witnessed one that I know of, but then sometimes you can witness a hybrid and never know it, it's, you know. Yeah, I'm that's not, true. Yeah, mm-hmm. we're all hybrids. we're all hybrids really, we'll get down to it. Mm-hmm. it but yeah, something something has messed with uh, with uh, the planet species. And I don't know if it's so they can acclimate their species to this planet mm-hmm. uh, or just the reason for it uh, they definitely have done that i think and that's you know you can see that skull behind me by my that's the paracas skull one of them our direct duplicate of one and those things right there were not human and uh, that's been established by two scientists that were down there and they got the dna out of uh, out of it and Anyway, uh, you got all this stuff going on that we we tend to live in a hundred-year bubble, and there's so much more has yeah. going on. Mm-hmm. very true. And, uh, very true. People just don't want to dig yeah. deep enough to really understand what we're talking about. So mm-hmm. I'm glad to I'm glad to hear that story you just told. Uh, I mean, just really are good. That some because academias are they're, they're they're trained within a certain parameters so of discipline. Mm-hmm. And they got to stay within that, or they'll lose their credibility, they'll lose their funding, they'll lose their someone can lose their tenure. I mean, it, it goes on and on. I know these guys because I've I've spoke with them, I've talked with them. They can't get out of that. If they talk to you about any other level, they got to put a different hat on.
2: Yeah. And, and yeah. just
3: that that way, and uh, it's just too bad. But they they don't take modern science and hook it into this thing that they've been trained in. But they can't get out of that uh, the disciplinary box that they've been trained in
0: no yeah, unfortunately exactly. and yeah you know one of the things you know going back to to the ufo connection that i think is interesting is on the, on the surface when you say okay the first time i kind of heard about this uh that you that bigfoot or uh, sasquatch sightings were often coinciding with ufo or uap sightings i thought well that's really odd and I don't know. I just didn't kind of know what what to think about it. But the more you you think about that, and you actually try to, uh, to try to do a thought process of going, okay, well, what could possibly be going on here? It leads to some very interesting possibilities. I mean, the, the first one is, uh, I think the first obvious one that uh, we've discussed a little bit is is Bigfoot extraterrestrial. Um, yeah. Is or are are the extraterrestrials here to talk to Bigfoot and not us? <laughs> <laughs>
1: You guys I mean, suck. We're talking a big yeah,
0: I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of different ways that that could happen, and chances are it's none of those. It's something that we're not even thinking about. but it's, yeah it's fascinated what, me once what, I actually started thinking about what could be going. you on.
1: know now that now that I've heard Ron's theory about them being able to shift themselves into light,
0: mm-hmm.
1: that makes so much sense to me mm-hmm. why e t would be not necessarily interested in them, but they would be able to interact with them because that's what E.T. is doing. (laughs) They can also make themselves you know, they can travel by turning themselves into light and non matter. So the fact that Bigfoot, if Bigfoot is doing the same thing, then the E.T.'s would probably see them as more of an equal to them than we would be because we're still, you know, banging sticks together or whatever. <laughs>
3: yeah. <laughs> yeah. What? Well, you know, anything that comes into our perception has to lower its density enough to be perceived mm-hmm. by our senses, and we use our senses to perceive things. You know, but we only use our five senses that we're told about. You know, sight, yeah. smell, all of that. What about your other sense? You know, the one that comes through your pineal gland. And if it gets connected to the heart, and the heart is the heart's your main center, by the way. It has its own brain, too. That has to be in coherence with the outside brain that has been conditioned. So many times when we see something like maybe a, we think it's a, a bear getting into a dumpster or something, it might have been a Bigfoot. Yeah. Well, But our brain has to put it within the what we've been trained, this outside mm-hmm. brain. Sometimes your heart will tell you something different, though. It will tell you, you know, turn right, don't turn left because something better is mm-hmm. over there. You need to learn, if we all learn to listen to our heart, but you have to get in coherence. That's what meditation is all about. So that gets us off the UFO subject for a second.
2: Yeah, <laughs> but I, I
3: think the, all three of those things have to be in coherence. You know, mm-hmm. you have to have your receptor open because we calcify our gland with our, that's the third eye, you know, that's most people mm-hmm. understand. Uh, that has to be open and it's it calcified with the, the food we eat and all that so i started eating just nothing but non-gmo and just good stuff you know uh, all the time because we've all been conditioned and that that unfortunately that calcification upon your pina gland is, is stopping us from receiving the intuition and the, and the information we're supposed to receive a lot of people are more intuitive than other people that's because they haven't had that issue going on with their pina yeah. gland I
1: like
3: I like you, Ron. I like you. Your 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 pineal gland is also you know those little little crystallized crystallization Mm -hmm. is all around it, and that's a receptor.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
3: So once you learn, once you you get all that going through your your system and get it all connected in three parts, you'll you'll be in good shape because your vibrational frequency. You do the right thing, number one, and you don't get sick anymore, number two. That's the good part. I've been sick in ages, so I, I'm not even going to lock on wood because I, I think I'm a bit clear,
2: so.
3: <laughs> But it's uh, it's it's we have to go through things on this. We we have challenges, all of us do, and, mm-hmm. and responding responding to those challenges is what's so critically important. Of course, that's what the masters taught it all. You know, turn the other cheek. Just mm-hmm. be good because we're a warning species. We are. You know? We're species, and,
1: Unfortunately. and
3: we, we got to not be yeah to
0: change all that.
1: Okay, knock it off.
0: Yeah, well, uh, we, always, we always think that we're going to, well, we got a couple, I wanted to get in. There's a yeah. lot of things from Prince. There's Princess a few Spooker things has from has a from Princess question. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Well, the first one I wanted to talk about is going back up earlier. She made a statement, which is, uh, she's a friend we have from Down Under. So the, ab-
1: Australia yeah, now.
0: the Aboriginal uh, in Australia think they are human and have magic and live for like 300 years. Talking about Bigfoot in Australia.
1: The Yowies.
0: Um, yeah. And oh. um, uh, there was one other thing. I, yeah. So I'm from Yowie Bigfoot country in Australia. And uh, we have Yowie status and park's name after them here. Have you ever had a chance to check any of that out, Ron? Down there in the... <sighs>
3: not yet uh, okay. I wanted to go to Australia a couple of times I thought I was going one time with a, with a crew but I didn't go and uh, no I I know they've got that story out there and yeah they, they yeah. you know indigenous people think they're doing magic but what they what they do is once mm-hmm. they step out of your visual perception they get out of this three-dimensional environment yeah. they don't age they don't age like we do I mean they could live a lot longer than that because uh, you know you know, yeah. Once mm-hmm. you get in this, once you get out of this environment, you're, you're not aging like, yeah. like, like we do in our linear time. So
2: mm-hmm.
3: they they could live a lot longer than 300 years, but but again, maybe who knows uh, what their telomeres were clipped off like? You know, we all had our telomeres clipped. We're right. only live 100, 100 yeah. 120 years, where yeah. man used to live uh, hundreds of years. And if you get into King's List from Mesopotamia. Uh, when the Anunnaki were here a lot of them lived uh, for thousands of years that's why I I get an AI and everything wait (laughs) a (laughs) minute this is my new book new book's coming out coming out the 15th of March Bigfoot
1: Unveiled so what's what's the new information in that book
3: oh I can't tell you that even by the (laughs) (laughs) book
1: give us a hint give us a hint
3: okay a hint I get into Tesla three, six, and nine, the manifestation code. I get into uh, how a lot of this stuff relates to what we're seeing, really, into Bigfoot. I get into AI, which I think that's really important for us nowadays, really important. It's huge. It's the wolf wolf, in, wolf in sheep's clothing, is what I call it.
1: Mm. Yes. And,
3: it's, and once it gets consciousness, we're all in a lot of trouble. Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, didn't uh, we make enough movies about that already? Didn't anybody learn a lesson from the movies we well, made about it? You
3: know, well, yes, <laughs> if, they don't learn from, if they can't learn from Star Trek, what are they going to learn from now?
0: Yeah. Well, you know, it's, you know, AI, you know, you CMC brought up that question earlier, but I mean, everything is AI machine learning right now. And I feel like, yeah. if, I feel like fighting that right now is like if you were riding a horse and you were fighting against Ford and the Model T, you know, it's just, it's, uh-huh. uh, I mean, it's inevitable at this point. It's already, oh, it's, already it's already here it, and it's well, already it's, taken over.
3: It's, it's, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I noticed,
0: look, I'm kind of a computer nerd. Uh, and I just noticed <laughs> in my windows the other day that there was, uh, a little colorful rainbow thing down in the bottom corner of my screen. And I clicked on it and mm-hmm. it's an AI window. So then I ended mm-hmm. up spending like an hour just putting stuff in and it was doing all kinds of things for me. And, um. Uh, I'm also an educator, so I see AI being, you know, going into the classroom and like uh, teaching, you know, teaching is going to be completely different now with AI. And uh, I mean, AI isn't just like one thing. It's taking over almost any and every industry that exists. Mm -hmm. So well, let me tell
3: you one little thing that I think about and I put it in my book. This is my my own personal thought here. (laughs) Excuse me. But once AI reaches a certain place and it's going there really rapidly Mm -hmm. uh, when it can offer you a body that won't die and your consciousness can be transferred into that body so you don't get hurt anymore i mean you don't feel pain all the stuff that we're dealing with as human beings uh, what do you think about that you know that's Mm. that's that's a little scary isn't it Yeah. yeah however you might be able to go into the fifth and sixth dimensions where the Bigfoot. Who knows? You might be holding it. I don't know. <laughs> However, if you're if you're really into studying the cuneiform texts and looking at the Mesopotamians' uh, uh, records, what's going on back there with the you know what the cuneiform text? That's the yes. first written, written language. Mm-hmm. And get into the Anunnaki. Uh, they pretty much messed around with us and made us. There's good ones and bad ones. Some of them
2: mm-hmm.
3: are went against the. Uh, <laughs> it's Star Trek term, <laughs> to say, the, the you're not supposed to mess with, interfere, don't interfere. Yeah.
0: Oh yeah, the <laughs> Prime director. Yeah. Prime The Prime Directive. Yeah. You're
3: right. you're, you're all right, guy. You're on Star Trek. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Well, you
0: don't you know uh, you don't start a show talking about UFOs and Bigfoot and stuff without having a couple episodes of Star Trek in your. <laughs>
3: yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, AI is uh, is uh, headed that way, and I think that's that's why we're living in such an important time for this information to come out. We're heading to the age of Aquarius now, which you know we're slowly moving up. That's what 2012 calendar was all about, yep. mm-hmm. And we're all being enlightened more uh, through programs like this, and and we're able to spread it and do it better with it and help people. And that's what we've got to do to get this warring species under control. (laughs)
1: Yes.
3: And if we don't, we're going to lose this planet. uh, It's just on the edge like that. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. um, I'm not sure where I was going with all that, but AI is important.
0: Yeah. I mean, I know the show isn't about AI, so I'll I'll get off the topic there. But it it is. I
3: I know what I was going to tell you. What's that? Anunnaki. Were light beings, powerful ones from the sky, right? Mm
2: -hmm. That's Mm
3: -hmm. been determined through the translation of the Kunet vortex. And they were ninth dimensional beings, powerful ones, light beings. Even Satan was called the shiny one.
2: Mm -hmm.
3: So you got this element over there, the Anunnaki, and they're ninth dimensional beings and they created us in their image. Wow. (laughs) That Mm runs a lot of religious wrong right there, but. Yeah. But the Anunnaki are good and bad. Uh, that that, that does not eliminate God, who is.
1: Yes. By the way, yeah. Yeah. Uh,
3: in the Kenaithum text, the word Elam, which was transferred out of the Kenaithum text into the uh, several languages all the way through, it was always plural. And it was transferred as God as singular in the Hebrew mm-hmm. text alone, because every time it has been translated all the way from. Starting with the uh, Constantine, King, Constantine all the way through. Whoever is in charge at the time and wants to control the people is going to control the narrative. It's
2: Absolutely. True today,
3: and that's true today. So you got to think about those things and get out of the box that you've been conditioned in, and, and realize that that there is a masterful frequency consciousness up there that we're all part of. And he, he well. I think people need to research this on their own.
2: <laughs> yes.
3: You know, yeah. Kick t- 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 me out of the church, for I was raised, <laughs> I was I was raised in, in uh, Christian belief, and I am a Christian, and I believe. I was raised religiously, though, so I, I know a lot of scriptures. And when I got into how the how things were from the Koinaform text, and how things really are happening, how it relates to what I'm reading in the Bible, you just see how it all has been juggled around a little bit, and mm-hmm. the, but the whole idea is still there. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, you got to put it together and, and look at the big, big screen
0: mm-hmm.
3: instead of this little circle that uh, we're in.
0: It's almost like it was all split up into little splinters that were, that were kind of tucked away in different parts of the world. And you have to go kind of yeah. put it all and put it back together again to get the complete Yeah, story. <laughs> I think you're right,
3: Jeremy. That's good. Yeah. Uh, Oh, um, yeah. I'll keep talking. <laughs> <stop>. <laughs>
2: there was
1: a there was a question yeah. from Princess mm-hmm. Let's see yep. if we can find it because it was okay. Can one person see Bigfoot and another not see them?
3: I think so. I do. I don't know if it's them who puts the heinous on the one and the good thing on the other one, or mm-hmm. if it's the people's frequency, their individual frequency that they can tune into the cause mm-hmm. them to see them and this person not, or well, if they can actually, because I think they have a way of, of uh, entangling your, your mind if you're on the right frequency,
2: mm-hmm. which
3: is a, a good thing, because they're not supposed to interfere, but they do interfere. I mean, Everything has a free will, even, even the Anunnaki. <laughs> yeah. even Big, Bigfoot has a free will.
1: Um, absolutely.
3: So they want to, uh, if they can tune into your frequency, they can mind speak and, and tell you, but you gotta analyze that. I, I'm very analytical. And, if it were you thinking about something or if it was really something else trying to come to you. I mm-hmm. so always trying to figure out what I was, what I was thinking of. It could have maybe brought that thought to me or if it was just from, through my uh, receptor.
0: Yeah. So talking about possibly talking to Bigfoot through the mind. All right. Well,
3: right. I just gave you a hand.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, it's interesting, to... Ron, because, because Jenny, the, the, our, our co-host here is a medium and so that's something we've talked about before because you have said, Jenny, that you have you have not seen Bigfoot, and uh, we have not really had a chance yet. Although we would like to go on some maybe uh, excursions, uh-huh. uh, but you have since Bigfoot, correct? Mm, yes, mm, at least twice,
1: and and one time it was just a knowing, like we lived in the middle of. The wilderness and the foothills of virginia and i was turning down onto our driveway going into the woods and i was just like <gasps> i like i could just i just like i just knew that like somewhere very close there was a bigfoot and i couldn't see it you know i didn't smell anything like i never heard anything it's just i just knew that it was there and then when we went uh to do a paranormal investigation at lake shawnee amusement park in west virginia I was doing my sweep, my, you know, my medium sweep. And I look over in the mountain across the road and I'm like, oh, there's a family of Bigfoot over there. <laughs> it's like, you know, I just knew, like I didn't have to mm-hmm. see it. So, yeah, those are my only kind of Bigfoot things that I've experienced.
3: Well, good. I mean, the uh, thing is, you, that could happen. And I okay. think it, it's uh, your entanglement, your frequency's right, you, your you you have a good intention. That yeah, mm-hmm. yeah.
2: And,
3: and the biggest thing that can hurt somebody in that area is, is their fear. Cause yes. Whatever your your intention attention is on is what what you what will feed. hmm And um, there's also a lot of dogman stories in this area.
1: Oh yes, yeah, and, yeah, uh,
3: yeah. Yeah, you know, I was on a program just the other day where they had all kinds of dogman sightings. But anytime they want to go out, they can see a dogman. Well, if your attention is there and your frequency is right you'll it can happen and uh, I think the same thing is true with Bigfoot why do we have our encounters because maybe our frequency is right was a clean camp I say clean no drugs no nothing no uh, nothing involved mm-hmm. anything like yeah. that We're up there having fun you got to have fun I think mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you got to be happy be happy I agree I agree yeah happy, mm-hmm. happy brings your frequency up Yes. and that, they like that I think However, there are malicious ones out there, depends on what the agenda is. I was in poor luck, Alaska, the uh, Alaska Killer Bigfoot, I think it was a doc, documentary discovery put out. I was on uh, episode four and five, I think. and uh, Yeah, they had uh, these Bigfoot-like creatures uh, tearing their village apart in the late 40s. And they killed like uh, three dozen people. Uh, wow. Abandoned, the, and it wasn't a bear, they said it was a big creature. And uh, they abandoned the, the village in about 1950, and they wanted to rehabilitate it you know, to start up the fishing village again and to do what they used to do. And they wanted to know if it was safe. So they thought they'd bring me up there and tell them if it was safe or not. Well, that did not put any pressure on me, does it? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Go out there and see. If you get killed by the Bigfoot, yeah. then we know it's not safe yeah. anywhere. Right. <laughs>
2: well,
3: I, 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 I had the privilege of uh, flying over in a helicopter when they took me in there quite a bit and uh, I was around like that. And years ago, you could see the growth that came up from the trees where they'd been heavily timbered. And uh, the pictures I saw from years and years ago from their village they had been really efficient a lot too so they were probably de- depleting the environment
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: and uh, they're also mining the area and i got a feeling and this is what i told them is that i think if you just respect the land you probably have better results you know yeah yeah uh, so i got a chapter. Sense. my new my new book has got a chapter on trees <laughs> just how important trees are to these these creatures, they're, they're important to us. Absolutely, they give us our they give us our life, our air. And what do we do? We cut them up for furniture, exactly, burn for them or
2: something.
1: And paper
3: and, I, and I just said I've had so many reports about these things being seen around trees and clear cutting and cutting trees.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: So I think that was something going on up there. I think if one of these things we came out of the woods there and said, uh, I screamed at them, fifteen foot tall. Uh, big hairy monster, they'd probably shot at it, yeah, mm-hmm, absolutely. And that would have pissed it off, uh,
1: yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> it was already pissed off because it was taking probably, all the trees,
3: <laughs> grab, a, yeah. grab, a, grab, a, grab an arm or two and sling them around, you know. <laughs> yeah, anyway, I, I that's not funny, but it's uh, it's probably what happened, and that's just my opinion. Mm-hmm. No one around yeah. that really, really was still alive that could you know, attest to any of this stuff, but yeah. it's a fact, it's a fact that it happened. It was uh, in the newspapers and everything. And the village is there. I was there and stayed there a few days. I uh, say village; it's abandoned, and there's a lot of bear there. That's for sure. But you,
2: mm-hmm.
3: we have a lot of bear at the Sierra Camp too. These things yeah. co- cohabit with nature, like we're supposed to. You know, mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah. Well, we we're just talking about that the other day. We have removed ourselves from nature, like we're. You know
3: what? Different. That's that's planned too. <laughs> I mean, not. Whether it's not planned by, who, not well planned. Yeah. We've learned we've learned to depend on money and uh, things and you know, go to go mm-hmm. grocery store and get our food.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Years and years ago, if you think about it, people used to grow their own garden. They used to plant their raise their own beef. They used to hunt for their own food. And that's how they lived off the of nature. Yeah. And uh, nowadays they've got us depending on money and and you, know, you can't change it. I mean, it's just the way it's going to be. Until mm-hmm. we burn. Until we have to reboot and start over again. Yeah.
0: So yeah. we're forced to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I want to we've talked a little bit about the, the, the science and, and the, the theoretical side of some of Bigfoot. But real quick, I wanted to kind of get back down to the basics of, of some of the investigations and what you've seen. What would you say is some of the best physical evidence that you've seen for Bigfoot? Uh, besides ours you mean at the camp Um, yeah i mean because i know there's been lots of hair samples that have been taken and lots of tracks is there anything that really sticks out to you that physical evidence that you've come across or or or, or saw or anything like that
3: well there has been a dna uh, presented you know to uh, a couple different geneticists but it gets both thumbs down by academia because of its uh human component they find in the mitochondrial. Mm, okay. Uh, uh, and that's that's just outside of what, it, it can't be that. I mean, don't confuse these people with the facts. <laughs> yeah. That's where, that's where it goes. Uh, so
0: because it has some kind of human DNA element, they're just saying it's like a contaminated, they're saying it's, it, it can't be Bigfoot, it's human, but it's contaminated and they can't figure out what to do with it, so then they just ignore it essentially?
3: Well, they, they claim it's contaminated because it has human in it. Uh-huh. Uh, but according to the genesis two different geneticists that don't even know each other I don't think Uh, one of them got an eDNA out of a Bhutan 17,000 feet from the uh, bipedal tract they took eDNA out of that and came back as a part human and then you got of course the geneticist that really in the United States here in Texas she, she did a DNA study and swore up and down it wasn't contaminated but he gave her a thumbs down, too, because she okay. said it had human human in it. Yeah. And uh, these people are going to be vindicated, uh, I feel, because if they were to just get a hold of this data that I've got here, which I'm just coming out with about this, what puts it together as being a human component in it. And then all the sightings that people have had a very human look to its face.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And uh, that's... That's got to have some kind of weight. you got not just hundreds of people, but thousands of people now reporting, seeing these things. Yeah. And if you really want to get into scriptural, which you probably don't, but as it was in the days of Noah, so should also be the second coming. Well, giants were here then. They were manipulating the DNA, uh, creating uh, hybrids. I got a chapter on hybridization too much. New book. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> it's just... Uh, uh Things are happening at a fast pace here. This AI thing coming in is just really taking it to a cap, I think. And so we're going to see some some interesting stuff in our lifetime. Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty old already. I was 29. When, <laughs> I was 29 when this thing started with me, and I'm, you know, I'm not getting younger. But I hope I'm here to. I think I hope.
1: Yeah, you think you hope. Yeah, <laughs> depends on what happens. Yeah. <laughs> Which way is this? Uh, well,
3: <laughs> aliens. Aliens are here. They've been here for ages, and they're just uh, out of our perception right now. However, mm-hmm. they are coming down. A lot of them are coming down as hybrids.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. there was some something written in there about those. Were, there were giants in those days. Uh, so yeah, I mean, that's that's been talked about quite a bit.
3: Um, well, we gen, have... Genesis six four, but then you get into yeah. the uh, Enoch, the Book of Enoch, which was not canonized because they didn't agree with it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I, it, it's been a while back now, Ron, but w- uh, some of our weird news segments that we were doing, oh, uh, shoot, it was probably a year or, or more ago, there was actually kind of a rash of giant sightings down in like Central and South America. Uh, oh. and so, <laughs> you, you know, and I don't even you know, know if that's, you know, uh, B- B- Bigfoot being mistaken for giants or if people were seeing, you know, little, literal giants and. And the whole idea of, of giants being in North America when Europeans first came here, you know, could that have been, been mistaken? Bigfoot sightings and stuff like that? Mm-hmm. I mean...
3: Well, I think we have to define what is a Bigfoot. Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: mm-hmm.
3: Because we're calling them all Bigfoot, but... that just Yeah, they're
1: different. all different, really. Giants. Yeah.
3: And, I you know, giants down in South America are commonplace, and UFOs are commonplace. And, you know, I've been in Nepal, I've been in Siberia, I've been into Russia, I've been into... Uh, Different countries chasing this enigma down, and
0: uh, well, I actually want to get into that a little bit with you because we talked about Australia, but before we move on, uh, some of the questions I have about that, we did have another question from CMC, and he said he lives in Bigfoot Central, northwest Washington state, and wondering why modern search tools like IR sensors aren't yielding results during their searches for Bigfoot. Do you have any, uh, any thoughts on that?
3: Yeah, I do. I think I probably know who that guy is.
2: <laughs>
3: yeah. Well, I know, I, I, I'm from there. So I was on the Olympic Peninsula oh, okay. for a long time. And, and I'm very aware of a lot of the things going on. A lot of lot of stuff going on there, but they never get captured on their trail cams or even their IR, their infrared sensors, or their flares, you know, for the heat sensing. Uh, however, they might get lucky because once these things uh, get into our three-dimensional environment, they will put out heat. And they will be able to be seen. They they can be shot when they're in that. They can be. We you know, go all the way back into Fred Beck from Hell in 1924 when he claimed he shot one. Never could get the body though. But he also said in his writings that they would have had to jump 160 feet to have not left another track <laughs> in the middle. Wow. Mountain. So he claimed till he died and day that they were paranormal, but they were something alien about them. Uh, Yeah, I I just think that these things are able to sense trickery. They're really tuned into our our efforts to try to expose them. And they stay away from it because they don't want to be exposed yet. It's not their time. And the government can't answer the question because they can't control them. Yeah. Uh, But, yeah, they can sense. I know they sense infrared. I'm quite sure they do. But uh, there's also been... People that claim they picked up this uh, heat sensing, uh, but then that doesn't really give you any definition, mm-hmm. you know, a really good definition unless they combine up to it. Uh, so it has happened and it can happen again and it might happen again, but it's just uh, not a common thing because people are trying this. I took IR, we took infrared sensing up to the archipelagos in Canada, mission uh, 2016, I think it was. Stayed on a boat for six days going from island to island, staying up all night taking turns. There was six of us on the six or seven on the boat, and uh, with the, with the uh, IR equipment, not infrared, but uh, for I uh, think they could call it, trying to capture something on one of these islands. Never could capture it because uh, yet they supposedly are seen going from island to island up there. We spent six, six really beautiful days on a boat, though. <laughs> Yeah. And, and set, set camera sensors out at night on the island itself. So, uh, but they don't, you know, they don't trick these things that easy. And they're not like an animal in the woods. And that's what most people want to treat them like. Yeah. And now that they're not finding them, they're not finding them at all, they are delving into my theory about quantum physics and realizing that, yeah. And I try to present this when I do my, my PowerPoint program in these conventions that in a layman's terms, so that you know they could follow how restricted we are as human beings, yet how important how important we are as human beings, too. Very, very important. Uh, we're made to be ninth dimensional beings, light beings, and we're going to get there if we we'll keep our vibration going,
1: yeah,
3: for the good. Well, uh, Raj, I'm sorry, I you're keep changing the subject. No, you're, right? no, you're fine, some, you're fine. That's what i are here us, for. We said, some of us a... are going to make it to the
1: ninth dimension. <laughs> I don't know about everybody.
3: That's <laughs> so. Yeah, you but know, you're, you're drinking, you're drinking coffee. Keep you awake. I'm
1: drinking
0: tea.
3: <laughs> That's what I should have done. Yeah. You know.
0: Well, you know, Ron, when we when we started doing this show, that that was the idea uh, that I pitched, and we would talk about at the beginning. This the, this show is just, you know, my favorite thing to do was uh, I w- I never wanted to go to a party, and then when I went to one, I would find someone to talk to, and inevitably the. The, the conversation would turn to to Bigfoot or UFOs or ghosts or or just something Anunnaki, uh, Ancient yeah. Egypt, anything weird. And then Jenny would spend two hours at you know two o'clock in the morning pulling me away. Uh, you know, once you've had one too many to drink, so we can get into anything. There's that there's no there's not really any off roads there. So we're good to yeah. go. Whoa. We just don't have anything to drink. <laughs> <laughs> yeah well, well, well I got tea. maybe we can switch that up next time. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Um, so I thought it would be kind of fun because I enjoy hearing all the different names for Bigfoot yeah. from around the world. And I know quite a few of them. But since you are the the Bigfoot guy, would you tell us some of the different names that people have for them in different places?
3: Oh, well, he know, as much as I do, probably. <laughs> <laughs> you got the urine in China. You got the... Uh, uh, What's one we just talked to a ago about the one in The uh, Yowie. Yowie in Australia. Yeah, you got the Sasquatch, which really came out of Canada, and mm-hmm. uh, you got know, Bigfoot, which was you know coined here, and then you got the uh, Yeti in Nepal, I mean the Himalayas, and uh, Wildman in uh, Siberia. Mm. Uh, there's there's like six eight hundred names for these things. Yeah, the tribes have names for them. Everybody's all over the world got names for these. One,
0: one of my favorites comes right here from Virginia, Ron. When I moved, so I'm from Virginia originally. I've been all over the place, but when we moved up towards the mountains, it was <laughs> called and the first time I ever heard this. Uh, we would see people talking, and they uh, name and and they called Bigfoot in uh, the Blue Ridge Mountains, the Woodburger. Yeah. Woodburger, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I've never I, heard I, that I, before. I, yeah. <laughs> I've heard woolly
3: booger, but wood booger. Yeah, what, yeah. yeah.
1: woolly booger, <laughs> yeah. wood booger. And then I like Florida's uh, skunk ape, too. That's a cool yeah. name. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't know wild man was from Siberia. That's interesting.
3: Yeah, that's what they called it when I was over there, where they took us to a cave way back in the middle of nowhere, where they'd been seeing one. And this, these people from Mongolia have this little village to shore people, S-H-O-R, mm-hmm. and they've seen from Mongolia. And they, uh, they do rituals for it, and all the time they see it, and they... Uh, took us way back there on one of these things where the tires were taller than me and across rivers and everything else and those things. And into this, And you know, we hiked, after we drove as far as we could go, we hiked to this cave, which was huge. And we all, there was a filming thing for Russia, put it on, and they flew us over there with interpreters and all that. And, and uh, supposedly the wild man, they call it, lives in that cave. But well, we were in the cave, mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, actually, I found a track, and mm-hmm. uh, showed it showed it to a professor that was with us, and he uh, he saw it too. And I found a nest over here, which looked very fresh, which was suspicious because anytime someone takes you to a spot, you mm-hmm. always mm-hmm. go keep, keep your flag yeah. up. You know? mm-hmm. But we talked about it the next morning at breakfast, and we said we could not agree with with their, they wanted to give us they wanted us to give a hundred percent oh big, yeah mm-hmm. wild, wild man living back there but we can't do that when someone else takes you to that spot that's true you, you just don't know if it was set up or not mm-hmm. yeah so anyway we was on moscow news <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. For sure. looking so was, for was, wild it was,
0: men it was
3: an experience that's for sure It was a good
0: Any, one. so sightings around the world on on different continents is, does it all seem to essentially be the same thing, or are there any significant differences between them and the sightings?
3: Yeah, there's some differences. Uh, like the Yeti in uh, Paul is smaller, it's more like six foot tall. Mm. And you got get these, uh, whatever they're called up in Alaska, I like guess you could call them big, one, but they could be up to 15 feet tall. Wow. And uh, also, uh, well, we had one at our camp. I tell you, we've never seen this track in camp, but we got it out, right outside our camp. Well, probably half mile our camp. I found this 25 and a half inch track. Wow. And, Good Lord. <laughs> yeah. And it was 13 feet apart and it wasn't running. So you got to do the math on that one. Yeah. Hmm. But we, we never found a sizable truck around our camp because it's just too big. It had to be a really woolly booger. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> a big one, yeah. Yeah.
3: A yeah. big woolly booger. Man. Uh, anyway, I have a question now. Since since we know about telomeres, you know, that's what determines our lifespan. I wonder if these things have been created, some of them, without ends uh, of their telomeres or have a mm. expanded telomeres. Because, uh, again, if they go out of, out of our dimension, they're not going to age like we do anyway. But still, yeah. we have telomeres if it's part human, and it is part human. So, Wow. Hmm. At least what well, I dealt with is part human, I don't know that they're all that way. In fact, I'm pretty sure they're not all that way. Most people I hear just a scream or a yell or something like that. Or, well, I had a lot of people tell me they've heard sounds exactly like the ones I've recorded. And people also hear their dog's name being called out in the forest when their dog's not with them. <laughs> <laughs> or, oh, all kinds of things. Like strange things. Uh-huh. Well, they can do some strange things, I think, with the vocal mechanism. We... We had a, uh, our camp we thought was being tore apart one time when it was inside the shelter. And we thought, you know, the barrels we'd hauled in on mules and had to pack with food and stuff like that. We don't want to have to pack in and out all the time. So we could walk when we wanted to instead of taking horses. And uh, we thought everything's being strung around. we looked out there and nothing had changed. Mm. What do you do with that one? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and nothing surprises me up there anymore, though. When. When David uh, Pilates was up there doing his filming, uh, he did a reproduction. in what you see is about, about 15 minutes in the missing four and one that hunted. And he showed a light, tube of light, probably about three, four foot long, just a glowing light. It wasn't shiny, just glowed. We, I witnessed this thing. Carrying on from our tent, where it was just dark, getting dark. And, and we had an open tent on top, you know, screened in. I seen this light over here and going off this going down through the canyon. What do you do with that? I mean, yeah. it's a form of energy of some type. We have seen orbs up there. Uh, there's all kinds of anomalies going on around that camp. And probably still do, but again, I haven't been up there since the fire in 2018 when we did the filming. Wow.
0: Mm-hmm. So well, I no, want I do want to let everybody know, uh, because we haven't mentioned it yet, I want to make sure we get it for the people who are listening later uh, through the podcast, that, um, well, if you're interested in any of this, uh, you know there are there are a couple books uh, from Ron that you can go and uh, purchase. You can check out his his, uh, his webpage. Uh, all the information is there at ronmorehead.com. So make sure you go to ronmorehead.com. I'll have that in the description down below. And for all you in chat, we have all the links posted at the top of the chat, so you can click on there. And go. There's also a link uh, there for one of the books, uh, Quantum Bigfoot, and um, also the author of Voices in the Wilderness. And we got to find out tonight that there's a new one right around the corner. So we're looking forward. Yeah. Looking forward to that one. March 15th. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> this is showing
3: reverse. It's showing reverse, doesn't it? No,
1: no it's right no, way no, good. Good.
3: Oh, there yeah. you go. Good. Yeah. yeah. Turn it backwards. It <laughs> Yeah, I've got three. I'll have three books. This this is going to be released on March 15th. And the first book is uh, Voices of Wilderness. It's, uh, It's my chronicle. And it talks about all I went through these years going up there. And when I get to the sound that I heard, when I describe it, you can hear the sound if you download the link, which is in the book. It's the very last line on page 126. That link will take you to several sounds that you can play as you go through the reading. And then, uh, of course, the quantum bigfoot is just the science behind how things work and how I've kind of compared it with uh, spirituality because, uh, according to uh, Tesla, what one man calls God, another one calls the laws of physics. Yeah. Mm. I think and Einstein, okay. Einstein said, <laughs> uh, let's see, science without religion is lame, uh, religion without science is blind, something like that. Yeah. And I think he would if he could say it nowadays he'd say spirituality instead of religion.
2: Mm-hmm. It's but, all uh,
1: connected. Yeah. Well it's it's all the outside of itself.
3: It's you know, these scientists we talked about earlier who who uh, don't hook up to Bigfoot or something like that, or they or well, to spirituality, let's put it that way. Uh they go to church on Sunday.
1: <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> what for what for? You know? Yeah. And yeah. uh I, I know some of them very well, and they won't get out of that box that they're conditioned in. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm yeah. sorry. they got to get out of it if they're going to follow this thing. Uh, we're going to never know. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. No, I was going
0: to say, uh, Joe Cunningham uh, said in our chat that he really enjoyed Quantum Bigfoot. So he, he read Quantum Bigfoot and he has I'm read it. That he really enjoyed
3: it. Well, go on my website and you can read some reviews. I got a lot of reviews on there on how people think about them. Cause it's five star stuff. <laughs>
1: awesome. <laughs> well, I'm,
3: it's inspired, and it's not me, and I'm not after my ego or nothing like that. It's it's all yeah. about what word I can get out that rings with somebody's truth. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just got of What we're all about, you know.
2: Yeah.
3: I'm at the age now where I just uh, want to have fun with it and do what I do and talk to nice people like you. And oh, thanks. Hope, hope that somebody, somebody picks up something from. Yeah, yeah,
1: uh, yeah. And you know, I think it goes. Um, well, I was going to say, I think it goes back to what you were talking about earlier about, like, we, which I, I've been talking about this a lot, too. Like, we each have to do our own searching and seeking yeah, to exactly. find what it is mm-hmm. that makes sense for us in our truth of figuring out what all of this is.
3: Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. That's what yeah. I've done for 50, over 50 years. I've been doing yeah. that. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, yeah. And That's what crazy. we're
1: here for.
0: Yeah. All, all the work Yeah, yeah. We, we all kind of stand on the shoulders of the people who came before us. So, you know, the, all the work that's being done now, people are going to take that work and and everything that's being done and keep building on it, hopefully until we finally get the message, and you know, until yeah. it finally, you know. So it's yeah, you know, the, the work is important, a hundred percent. So one thing I want to bring up real quick, we still have one more audio clip, and we've we're already passed yes. 9.30, so let's go ahead and at least get that we in there. better
1: listen to it.
0: Yeah. Um, do you want to um, tell us a little bit about this one before I play it, Ron? Uh, yeah, I think it's
3: my interaction with them in 1974 when I, uh, my friend Bill and I had uh, was hauling supplies in with the horses and mules and, and got there just the two of us. And uh, we recognized a big track on the trail as crews coming in uh, Bigfoot track. So that kind of inspired us to think we're, they're going to be, they, they're around, but they were already at camp when we got there. These, these beans. Bigfoot, I'm going to call them Bigfoot, better luck, better word. Mm-hmm. But, uh, we, uh, we got there and Bill started unloading the, uh, the horses and mules. And I started preparing a fire for something to eat. And, uh, we started hearing these whooping sounds and knocking, wood pounding. And we learned, we learned from our years past that you'd just, be, just keep doing what you're doing. If they don't think they've got your attention, they're coming closer. So you don't shine white flashlights around. That'll get rid of them quick or anything. Mm. But it was just just getting dark when this started happening. And uh, anyway, that's when I got the interaction that you're fixing to... to uh, when I was yelling back at them when they started saying... That. It was, the crypto who studied these sounds said that he thinks the same vocal mechanism made the uh, sounds from 72 that you heard before, male mm-hmm. and female, uh, that made these sounds here. There's also a little voice in these sounds. I don't, I don't know if you hear them on this one, but I recorded that night. Uh, well, I think it was an adolescent, a male and a female. The uh, the male, the big male was up behind me, and I think the female and the uh, adolescent was down by the creek floor. And uh, anyway, you'll hear me yelling back at it because I don't. <laughs> I was mimicking them. I had no mm-hmm. idea what they were saying, but he thinks they were slowing their vocalizations down, slow enough so that I could understand it. But I'm so uh-huh, thick-headed, yeah. so thick-headed. I was 29 then. I had no sense of destruction or nothing like that. Nothing could hurt me. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but anyway, uh, that's what went on. This is 1974. Uh, of course, I guess I was 30
0: three then so all right well, we'll play it this is the second audio we have today we'll go ahead and play that for you now
4: oh,
0: all right yeah you know that one that one it it, just like you said it kind of sounds like they're trying to they're trying to speak slower or they're trying to use some kind of uh to to do something to almost maybe kind of mimic what they hear humans saying or something like that i don't know that's just the feeling i get from it yeah that one the it sounds
1: like it almost sounds like what I've heard some Native American languages sound like the whatever they're saying the yeah. words, you know yeah, that's interesting. the
3: yeah, one of my CD is uh, about four minutes long one little clip right there. I don't I, I'm not able to hear what you're playing mm-hmm. so I'm just guessing it kind of but afterwards, uh, Bill after it was all over that night, Bill and I we was outside the shelter, which was the first. And that's the night I got the glimpse, of and Bill. And I both got glimpses of the different times, and that was bold. I mean, they were really bold that night. And uh, but afterwards, when they did stop, we went into the shelter. Inadvertently, Bob, Bob Bill dropped the dust cover off his rifle. Didn't know it. Mm. We went know we in the shelter. Next morning, when I got up, I looked out the shelter's door, and there was a dust cover laid on a track. Tilted on the track, tilted on the track. So therefore, I knew the track had been made before we got there.
1: Yeah.
3: Otherwise, we imagine that. Then later, we looked up on the shelter's roof, the shelter roof. And earlier that year, we had put the alder brush up there, which had all dried out by this time. And we re it. We put new plastic up there. a few years ago. I had to do that to keep it from leaking. And this fresh alder was up there. Well, there was, uh, was, excuse me. This dried-up alder was up there, and there was two fresh ones up there that had been twisted off over the spring. It's kind of like a gifting thing, you know? Yeah, yeah. And then we also had pine cones gathered up for us and laid there by our stove. Things like that would happen. So we had some friendly ones that weren't trying to eat us. That's I'm the, so
1: glad that you guys were interacting with the nice ones and not the yes. ones that were smashing oh. people to bits in Alaska. I am, too. I was
2: so happy. <laughs>
1: Goodness gracious. That's cool. That's really cool. So
0: I have heard uh, many, uh, <clears throat> many times there is a distinct smell when encountering Bigfoot. Have you, Did you guys encounter that when you were there? Is that something that you've experienced?
3: Not like we should have. They were so close to us. If there was a smell like that, we should have smelled it.
0: Yeah.
3: The only night that I smelled something like that that was really rank was the night we had to shoot a bearing camp. And... Uh, hmm. You, it wasn't the smell from a rifle bullet, you know, it wasn't that at all, but this, camp was, this bear was tearing our camp apart, and we thought, well, well you know, if that's. Uh, Bigfoot's never tore things up like that, even though we yeah. thought they were there one night. Uh, we thought we'd better look out there, because we heard our, one of our packs from our mules rip. That's a bad sign,
2: because
3: mm-hmm. <laughs> you got to carry things out with us. And uh, so we thought we'd better look out there. We look out there, and there's a bear, and they're getting all our food. And uh, so that was 1976, and that's when it released, because we went out there to tried to run it off, but we did, did. It just circle around, so we go yeah. back and then come back around. I write about this in my book, or, uh, the uh, Morrison's Wilderness. And uh, anyway, we ended up having to go out there, and uh, it, the third time we went out, it didn't run away, and it stood up and dropped down, and yeah. started coming to coming at us. Yeah. So. We 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 ate it th- hey, put it in a barbecue the next day. <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh my goodness! Uh, skin it out. That's a,
3: I know. I know. I don't. Honey. He just
1: wanted your goodies.
3: Well, I know yeah. that, that's all we wanted. <laughs> we we haul them all the way up there, just not to give them a him. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's really spooky when you skin out one of those things. It looks like a little person, you know. Oh uh,
1: yeah.
3: Inside there, yeah.
1: they're very strange looking. But yeah. We, um, so it looks like we have another question from Princess Boo, Boo She says, "Is it possible Bigfoot is more than just one species in one area?"
3: Absolutely. That's my yes. We've been talking about that.
2: Mm-hmm. I think yeah. There are
3: different, different kinds all over the all over the planet, mm-hmm. probably all over the United States too. Different kinds. They've been messed with by aliens. A lot of mm-hmm. them been here a long, long, long time. They've evolved more than others, and then different different things have happened to them. They're not all the same and uh, yeah I've, i just stand by that because i've, I've seen a lot of different looks of people i'm getting sleepy <laughs> uh, a, lot uh, <laughs> no, a lot of different reports of what they look like and uh yeah. i just can't believe they're all the same especially when you get yeah. into the alien component possibly you know? mm-hmm. and uh so that's so yes, yeah, 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 and just to call them generic, generically, a big bird. There's a big bird. There's a big bird. Like, yeah. no, I don't think I don't think we should yeah. do that. we yeah. should say there's there's a giant there, and uh, you know they're not they're just not all the same.
0: Yeah. Okay. Uh, we had another question from CMC as well for large animals. Uh, the vocal voicings are very high in that most recent clip that we displayed. Is there speculation that vocal cords, that their vocal cords are small or human-sized?
3: No, they're bigger. They have several vocal cords in, in the analysis that I've heard. Uh, we have two. And their whistles, which I forgot a whistle that I should have sent you. I guess. They whistle through their vocal mechanism, not through their lips like we do.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: But uh, it's speculated that they have more than two vocal cords. And I don't know if they'd be smaller, but they can go through those those lower and higher yeah. frequencies. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's unimaginable. I, I can't imagine how many frequencies. In fact, uh, you know who Thinker Thunker is? Who, what? Think, Thinker Thunker. He does that. Thinker Thunker? Yeah. <laughs> he, analyzes, <laughs> he analyzes stuff and he's pretty thorough. <laughs> okay. He pretty thorough. Well, he analyzed our sounds and he said it made five octaves in one tone. He was he was going do that. They can only do three, and he's put this on a graph. And we have the, the proof is out there, the show that's out there, you know, called mm-hmm. The Proof is Out there. Mm-hmm. They had our, mm-hmm. they, our credit as genuine, they have nice. to. I mean, cause yeah. they, are, they are genuine, yeah. <laughs> they can't be debunked. No one, you know, no. people try like, to debunk those for 50 years.
1: How would you even make all that noise? And then we got a comment from uh, Joe Cunningham. He was the one who said he had read your book. He said he uh, studied with Dr. Grover Krantz from at WSU, so it is so know it more from that perspective. But Quantum Bigfoot got me thinking in different terms. Good.
3: Now, Grover, yeah, Grover. Uh, Grover lived in the same town I did, up in Washington, and uh, he did not. He's not a proponent of our sounds at all. He couldn't believe it. In fact, he wouldn't even talk to me. <laughs> well, he wouldn't. And you, you yeah. wonder, you know, but he's a, he was a scientist at Washington uh, University there. And uh, he, uh, he just couldn't believe that they could, a primate, he was on the grounds of Gigantopithecus. You know, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. yeah.
3: Which, that's where academia goes, because that's all yeah. solid, solid evidence that's around there's something big. But mm-hmm. they don't know for sure that Gigantopithecus stood upright. They don't know that for sure. They don't know if it was silky or yeah. not even. They just don't know. They only found a few remains from it. Mm-hmm. and uh, But uh, Grover thought uh, that if these things existed, <coughs> they had to be a remnant of that. And that's where academia stood then. And I think a lot of them are moving away from that a little bit. But uh, I, I know we tried to get a hold of Grover I mean, a couple times up there, and he he didn't want to talk to us, he thought. Yeah. Well, you know, he probably didn't even read uh, Professor Curran's report about how they represented an animal compared to Professor Curran's. Uh, I mean, he's high nuts, big Big wheel. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and he, he said he represented an animal eight foot tall. I don't know what Grover would have done with that if he'd have read it, but anyway, I, I, yeah. said, I don't want to show any disrespect to Grover because he did believe they were, he brought them onto the board. He At least... He was acknowledging that these things could be there. That maybe the Gigantopithecus did not grow extinct, and yeah. maybe they didn't, and maybe it is exactly that a remnant, a, a remnant, uh,
1: <laughs> remnant. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, really common, getting,
3: really Ron is common. getting
1: tired. We need to wrap this up. <laughs> no,
3: a relic, really, relic really hominid. And, oh, uh, yeah, okay. Uh, oh. A, oh, yeah, I would have
1: never got that word.
3: Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but it could very well be that. I'm just saying, I think that oh, yeah. according to native lore and a lot of the stuff I've researched, they have crossbred with indigenous people, and that would, again, make some of them different and some of them diluted down into more human like appearances. Uh, they wouldn't be as big as some of the ones that I know I've with up there in Sierras and, and uh, some of the other people I've talked to. Okay.
1: Yeah. Hmm. But then yeah, but then like but then how did they get mixed up? Was it traditional means, which that is like baffling to me? or is it like you know, uh, the what we've been talking about with with ET coming in and like messing up stuff, you know, mixing things together?
3: Mm. How did this happen? Can we say both? Yeah,
1: Yeah. maybe both?
3: Yeah. All of the above?
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Well, they would have 20, like we mentioned earlier, 23 pairs of chromosomes. Mm -hmm. So they'd be able to crossbreed with indigenous people. But uh, Native Americans, I've talked to, so they say they live in two worlds. Well, there you are. Yeah. And also, they say they live in trees. Now, if they can change their mass into energy, like I suggested, mm-hmm. and how that could happen through energy and mass interchanging, they could energize or go into mm-hmm. something to energize them.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Uh how they? Some of them could just live in caves and go underground. I think yeah. a lot of a lot of them do. They stay out of our our perception and out of our. Uh, Range of exposure them them uh, quite well.
1: Yeah.
3: So They'll either go underground in another dimension or they just camouflage into a tree. You yeah. ever see them? Yeah. How many times we might have walked right by one not knew it?
0: Yeah. And not even known it. Yeah. Yes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I just think about the normal animals that are out in the woods that we know about, and you never see them, because they're mm-hmm. hiding from us, too. So, you know, it's like. Well, we're, we're, we're going to kill what we don't understand. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, uh, yeah.
3: Too many people are hunting these things, too, like the tag one, but mm-hmm. they're never going to get close to one. unless It's just an accident like, uh, like Bob Gibbon and Roger Patterson did. You know, they, were, they got close to one. But their horses were kind of overriding the stream going up up creek. And the horses were pounding in the stream. So they would and they were probably downwind too. So oh,
2: that's right. how
3: they creeped up on oh, yeah. Patty mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. And she just she just walked away. She didn't run away. Yeah. You
1: know? Yeah.
0: Wow. Yeah. Yeah. The Bigfoot video. Yeah. Oh, it is fun. It is. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's a ton. And there's like I, I I hate to say it, Ron, but there's like I think there's so much more that that we could get into uh I that know. we kind of just touched on tonight. A, a ton of things. Yeah. And that's the way it always is. We talked about it before the show. It's 2 hours long. Yeah. What in the heck are we going to talk about and here we are 2 hours just about and yeah, yeah, I was like uh, could have talked our, a lot more.
1: Yeah, I
3: was on coast to coast one time for 4 hours during the night. Yeah. I had a really
1: i know that was really late at night
0: yeah i um, yeah i used to i used to love that show uh that uh, I, and i feel like a lot of people there's probably a lot of people like me who were introduced to some of these things through those old shows and so uh i, I, I talked about before the show i think um i heard you interviewed by art when i think when he was doing midnight in the desert and Mm-hmm. uh i had listened to it and i was i was so taken by that episode that i i told you i was like hey you have to you have to listen to to this uh the show mm-hmm. that, that i heard and i let her listen to it because i knew she'd be intrigued by it
1: we made it, our children mm, listen to it on a car
0: ride so it's a great show and it was it was really great it was really great <laughs> to have you on tonight and hopefully uh, we could have you back on down the road after your new book comes out, and uh, and we have and we can get into some of these other topics we wanted to talk about tonight.
1: Yes.
3: Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot going on, and there'll be a lot more going on. And as time goes on, we learn more and more. So absolutely. More. Yes. And uh, it's all falling into a, a groove. Well, I think a special spot. Most important thing I can say if we're wrapping this up or something is that how important it is to respond to all your issues, and all your issues, things that come to you, uh, mm-hmm. challenges I should say in life positively. Mm-hmm. Cause you, I gotta tell my grandkids, you never lose. You either learn something or you win. No such thing as losing. So don't consider yourself a victim and treat everybody with respect and kindness, including the Mother Earth, because uh, we're all here for the experience and our vibrational frequencies so we can be that ninth dimensional being and not be an AI six dimensional. <laughs>
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> still banging the sticks together. Princess Boo Boo says that she really hopes that one day you'll get to come to Australia and see them down there because a lot of what you believe matches what the Aboriginal believe.
2: Yeah,
3: well, a lot, I find yeah. a lot, a lot of Indigenous people believe what I'm saying.
0: I could, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah,
3: yeah. Well, it fits with the, how they believe. Yeah, you know? mm-hmm.
0: yeah, yeah. And yeah. it's, gonna... it's, I've seen this. Uh, you know, going back to the '90s, when you know, uh, uh, when I first started getting into these topics, everything was separated. You had UFO people, you had uh, okay. people, you had ghost investigations, you had mediums who who uh, you know talked to the other side. And I think what we've seen over uh, in that span of time is what we were talking about tonight. That if you are interested in Bigfoot then you need to be looking into UFOs. And if you're looking into UFOs, <laughs> you need to be looking into mediumships. And if you're into mediumships, you need to be, all of this stuff is really connected. And I think that's a big, mm-hmm. a big, large picture that, you know, we need to focus on moving forward in all of these different fields. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah.
3: And balancing yourself so that you can sense things. Mm-hmm. We all have intuition. We all have it. Mm-hmm. Just kind of holding in on it and, 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 and working with it you have to balance yourself with meditation to make sure you're, you're lined up in your chakras. That's what I think, anyway.
1: Absolutely. You're not going to hear any argument from me, Rob.
0: All right. Well, that's excellent. For all of you who are listening to us on the podcast, uh, whatever or wherever you're listening to us, we hope you enjoyed the program. Thank you so much for listening to us. Uh, make sure you uh, like, subscribe, leave us a review. Uh, It really does help get the show out to more listeners, which brings more attention to all the things that uh, we love to discuss on this show. So thank you guys. Have a wonderful night and we'll see you all next time.